God is amazing. And everything that has been said is just an introduction. So I don't have to do my introduction this morning, but I want to... I think I, I, what I, I know what God has spoken to me. I think it's going to be powerful this morning. Let's just close our eyes and pray for a second. Heavenly Father, I just pray that what you've said, what you've already spoken to us, Your word will find good soil. Your word will find good soil. Help us to guard, protect, and nurture your word in our hearts this morning. And everybody said, amen. You know, I just want (laughs) to, I've got a couple different things I Jesus gave one of his hardest words, and everybody left him. It was in John chapter, oh, it's gone, it's gone. Oh, no, it's on a different page. John chapter 6, and he talks and says, if you don't eat my flesh... And if you don't drink my blood, you have no part of me. And everybody left, except the 12. And he looks at them and says, are you guys going to leave me too? Peter. (laughs) I like sometimes his candor, but his first line is, where can we go? (laughs) that's that's what he said first where else are we going to go Jesus you have the words of life but listen to his next line Simon Peter answered Lord to whom shall we go thou hast the words of eternal life and listen to this and we believe And are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, those words themselves by themselves might not mean much. But you know the first time he said those words? Jesus came back and said, who do men say that I am? Then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And these, this isn't the first time that Peter said these words. In that moment of revelation, Peter says, well, we believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, whoa, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. But that revelation has come from my father. And in the moment when everybody else was leaving and walking away, what came back to Peter? What's the word from the Father? What anchored Peter? The words that that he couldn't understand? The words that Jesus had just spoken because they were bewildered. They didn't fully understand what Jesus had just said to them. 
But he said, well, we believe that you're the Christ. And in the time when everybody was shaken and walking away, what anchored Peter was the word that God had given him. And when everybody else walked away and Peter actually didn't even know what, he says, we got nowhere else to go, but we believe. We believe in the revelation that God had given to us. What anchors you? What is anchoring you? What is your foundation built on? Your hopes and dreams? Your career? A relationship? What is anchoring you? Because if it isn't what God has spoken over your life, those other things will be fleeting. They'll disappear. They'll be shaken. They can even be taken. But if you don't have your life anchored on Jesus Christ, on what he has spoken over, what he has revealed, if, if your life isn't anchored on that, you will be shaken. And you, like, and it says these other people that left were his disciples. They weren't the 12, but they were his disciples that had followed him. And when they heard those words, they were shaken to the core and they left him. What is anchoring you? What other voices, whatever other things have got your attention to take you away from the word that has, God has spoken. Matthew 13, the parable of the sower who throws the seed. Jesus interprets himself and says that seed is the word of God. Four soils were given, only one produced. It says that in one of them, the, 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 the word came up, the seed produced. But the, the good plant was choked out by the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. And one other item, I forget exactly. But it says, this came because of the word. And quite often... Most of the time, a word will be spoken over you. You'll have a revelation. You'll have a passion and a dream that God births in you. And because of that word, persecution comes. Challenges come to the word that has been spoken. But what we need to do is always keep in mind, like Peter, the revelation, the passion, the dream that came from God. And we must not allow the challenges to the word, the persecution to the word, the hardships because of the word to take us off track and lose out on the harvest 
that God has in store. A hundredfold out of that maple tree. Amen. What has God spoken over your life? What has God spoken? What is God's will? He's spoken it. He's put it in our hearts. First of all, God wants us to be fruitful and multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion. That is God's blessing over our life. Each one of us, that is our, the blessing of God over our life to be fruitful and multiply. But there are other There are challenges. There's, there's an adversary that does not want you to fulfill that purpose. And he comes and he challenges us. This morning, I wanted to, I want to take a few minutes. Actually, I got I to gotta say this one last. As I was studying, I, and I, I'm going to transition back into my sermon. But I... I, you know what, I, I, I got different files on my computer and I click on them sometimes. And, and I was going through Proverbs a while back. And I went to the same chapter as far as my message today. And I read this paragraph and I wrote and I was like, wow. And it was like God said, you know what, you need to share this because somebody needs to be challenged. Proverbs 23, 7. Can we get verse 1 pulled up? And it might sound totally strange, but this, I, I need to take two minutes to share this. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. And I want to read what I wrote. Probably two years ago I wrote this. I'm going to just read it word for word. Because in ancient days, sharing a meal was a sign of intimacy. When you sit down to dine, it was an indication of close fellowship to share a meal with somebody. If you become intimate with something or someone that you can rule over you, when you sit down and get intimate with something that can rule over you, be careful. Sometimes we allow things in our life to get close to us. But if you're not careful, the tables can be switched so carefully that that thing takes over you, takes control of you. And too often we can play and tamper and get close to something that will eventually grab you. And when you sit down and you want to get intimate with something that can take control over you, you better be careful and tread carefully. Consider means to discern. 
If you're not intimate with God, your discernment is gone. So the first intimacy you should have is with your heavenly father, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. So that your discernment is sharp. Your understanding is sharp. That way nothing else can get close to you that can eventually rule you. When you sit down and dine with a ruler, consider carefully what you're playing with. Consider carefully. Amen. That's a word for somebody. Wow. I get serious awful fast. I want to share just one verse today that has really challenged me. And I've tried to get, I just keep going back to it and keep going back to it. It's Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, um, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, the, this next phrase, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the key. Because we all have something, well, we all read God's word. Most, hopefully all of us read God's word. Most of us, a lot of us have had words of, spoken over our lives. Most of us have had dreams that God has deposited, a passion, uh, a direction, uh, gifts, talents that God has put into our lives. And so we, we kind of understand that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But like we've heard over and over, there are things that come and challenge that word. There are things that, that don't want that to happen in our lives. And so it gets challenged to the point where we question. And like Howard spoke this morning, we, we get so caught up in the words of negativity and the events of negativity against the word, against the good and the acceptable and perfect will of God. We get so wrapped up in them, we walk away. And, and, and I, I've, I've had personal experiences. I, I guess I misheard. I've said it. I've said it myself. I, I must have misheard. I must have just totally got it wrong. And we let go of the good, the acceptable and perfect will of God. Why? Because the challenges have overtaken our thought process to such a point that they now override the truth. They override the truth. The challenges to the truth override it. And when Paul was speaking this, verse 1 says, Dear brethren, 
He's not saying don't be conformed to this world to a bunch of unbelievers. He's talking to a church body. He's talking to his brothers and his sisters in the Lord. It's not, it's not some worldly people say, be careful, don't be conformed to this world. No, he's talking to believers who have been trans, that have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And they have been starting to doubt, starting to allow the thought processes, the philosophies, the negativities of the world to creep in and start changing the way they think. The word conform means to be fashioned after the pattern of. So he, Paul is saying to believers, do not be fashioned after the thought processes and the patterns of this world. Why? Because they will distort they will distort. They will confuse the truth that has been spoken over you. The truth that you have read in God's word. God's word is full of who you are in Christ. And how many of us live it? In Colossians, it talks about how all the handwriting, all the accusations, all the iniquities have been blotted out. Amen. They are no longer visible. They're gone. And yet, what does the adversary want to bring up? The stuff that has happened to you in the past, the stuff that you've done in the past, the stuff that you've thought about in the past. And he brings it up, and all of a sudden, instead of them being blotted out, Oh, that's too much to overcome. I can never be what God wants me to be. And pretty soon, the blotted out stuff, the stuff that is gone, the stuff that is in the sea of forgetfulness is staring us in the face and holding us back. Can you just keep that verse up there so I can refer to it? And so Paul is saying to these, this, his brothers, these Christians, don't go back there. Don't go towards that. Peter is even, Peter says it even more specifically in 1 Peter 1.14. He says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former desires which were yours in your ignorance. The exact same word, conformed. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Don't go back to the former way of thinking, to the former desires, to those things that held you back be, from being who you are in Christ. Don't allow the voices to come in and We just heard it this morning. Our adversaries only... Tactic is lying and deceiving. And then we believe it. And then we start growing this giant in our own minds. And we conform ourselves to the old thought process. And before we know, we're not good enough. 
We don't understand it. The word approved, the word prove, that you may prove, it talks about, it, it, the, word speak, the word in the Greek means to approve. So God speaks something over your life. That uh, you're going to be a powerful evangelist one day. Do not be conformed to this world. Oh, you're not good enough. You don't know enough. You haven't memorized enough scripture. You start, you got to put that word up against, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in me. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Now you line up the two different messages you're getting. And which one gets approved? That's that word proof. You got to line up what God has spoken over you in his word. Line that up with the thoughts of, of I'm no good enough or whatever those thoughts are. You line them up together and you say, which one is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? And you go through an approval process. But if you're conforming your thought process to the word, to the world, you're not going to approve the right message. The voices of negativity, and I can't do this, and this will never happen to me. I've messed up. This happened to me. I've done, we start listening to that message. And we agree. I think I heard that word. We agree with the liar. We empower the liar. We have to. We have to pay attention to the right message. Be transformed means to be completely changed. To actually be changed into a different form. This word's used four times. First two are in relationship to Jesus Christ going up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And he was changed into a different form. And Peter says, oh man, we got to build a temple for that. Remember that story. Those are two times. The next two times, Paul uses the word. To be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. I wrote in my notes and I circled it. What what is the transforming or who is the transforming agent? Because we get so confused. What does it say? How are we transformed? By, by you. As, as shocking as that sounds. As shocking as it sounds... You transform you. 
You transform yourself by the renewing of your mind. Now, God is completely involved in that process. But if you don't give yourself over to renewing your mind, the Holy Spirit has nothing to work with. If you somehow say, God knows my number, he knows where to find me, and when he's ready to change me, he'll change me. And you give yourself to everything contrary to the word of God, guess what's going to happen? You'll be conformed to this world. But if you say, Holy Spirit, and we're going to look at a couple of scripture verses here and say, I commit myself to doing my part in renewing my mind. That's being, renewing your mind, that's being careful of what you watch, what you read, what you listen to, whether it's music, whether it's crowd you hang around you need to guard your mind and then we'll have a fairy tale ending <laughs> by renewing here's here's what by the renewing means a complete renovation a complete change for the better. You know what? And this is the renewing of your mind. I want to try to connect some dots. So this is a complete change, a complete renovation of your mind. Renewing, complete change, a renovation of your mind. When, when, when I say this definition, I bet you most of you will get it. Completely change your mind and go in the opposite direction. What is that the definition of? Repentance. And here's another misconception. Repentance is, only happens at salvation. Repentance doesn't just happen at salvation. In Revelations, when, when John has written this message to the seven churches there's at least two of them where he tells them they need to repent but they're already saved they're already doing some amazing works and and John is still saying you got to repent so repentance is not just about the salvation experience repentance is about reading God's word Having a prayer life where God can challenge your thinking. And as you grow and mature, there's a repentance that is continual in our minds. When you get saved, not everything you think is holy. Not everything you think is right. 
Not everything you think is accurate. And there's a process of growing and of maturing that we can be reading and something jumps out. You've read it 10 times over the last 10 years. And on the 11th time you read it, something jumps out and says, I have totally missed the boat on this one. This is what you need to say. Lord, I repent of the way I've been thinking. Change my thinking. And as we are open and allow repentance to work in our heart, even after years of being a Christian, as we allow a renewing of our minds, a repentance to work in us, we are transformed. We are transformed. We're going to go from glory to glory. We're going to close with that passage. But... We must be open to the Holy Spirit because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. But the active agent in renewing our mind is the Holy Spirit bringing things to our attention. And we must be quick to obey and to repent and to change the way we think of different things. Whether things that we allow in our life, relationships that we, we are nurturing in our lives, habits that sometimes overtake our regular thought process. They're listed. Anger, wrath, envy, jealousy. Those things that come up and they want to crop up. And we got to say no. No, I'm not going to go. Have many of you heard this one? I'm not going down that road. We're not going down that road. No, why? Because it's actually detrimental to my transformation. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, our life becomes transformed. Our thinking becomes transformed. And pretty soon, the approval process of the various thoughts and things in our life becomes much clearer. And pretty soon we are casting down imaginations. We are putting certain activities in our life aside. We are laying aside various hindrances and various weights that want to be set and hinder us as we run. And as we Allow the Holy Spirit and the washing of God's word to renew our minds. Our life is transformed. A couple scripture verses to support what I'm saying. Here's... Again, when you look at certain words, there's only a few of them in the New Testament. Titus chapter 3. No, Titus. I think he's only got one. Does he have more than one chapter? It is three, because I got Titus 3. Titus 3 and then verse 4. But after that the kindness... Maybe throw that one up, Cor. Titus chapter 3, verse 4. And I'm going to read verse 5 as well. 
But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared, next verse, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. What? Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. How close, how tight are you with the Holy Spirit? Is that the voice you hear most? Is that the voice that is your approval standard? Are you allowing the washing, cleansing process to happen? Have you allowed that to be the most active voice? Accusation comes. You've done this in your past. Hold on. Hold on, adversary. I've been forgiven. I'm a new creation. I can... I'm... <laughs> it, I've been redeemed. My debt has been paid in full. I've been sanctified, which is purified and set apart... And I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How much of this stuff do we know? So that when those words of accusation, words of negativity, and words of you're never going to accomplish this, how much arsenal do you have at your disposal? What are you fighting against or with? Oh, you know what? You did that in your past. That disqualifies. It doesn't. If you've repented, asked for forgiveness, it's washed. It's done. It's gone. But how much do we have? How much of the Holy Spirit and his word is active in us to literally fight against the words that want to challenge the will and the call of God in your life. Because as we've heard, we can get so wrapped up in all the voices that want to tell us that's not for your life. And we literally give up on, what, on the promises and in the calling and the purpose of God. We literally give up on it because of an overwhelming amount of voices that say it can't be done. When the one true, all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, eternal voice has spoken, has spoken over you, and we give up. How many of you are picking up what I'm putting down? Pick it up. Run with it. Colossians. I, I just came across this two days ago, and it's, I had to include this. If you then be risen with Christ, 
Colossians 3. If you then be risen with Christ, how many of you have been risen with Christ? Well, one third of you. Awesome. I should hear at least some amens then. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sits on the right. And where, incidentally, you sit with Christ at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> Listen to this next phrase. Set your affections. Another translation says, set your mind. This is what set your affection means. It means to exercise your mind towards the things above. Exercise your mind towards the things that are above. This, it means to interest yourself in things above. How many interests, other interests do we have that rob our time, our energy, our finances, our resources, rob us? Because our interests are somewhere else instead of the things that are above. And then we wonder, why isn't the things of God working for me? It's because you're not working with them. Sorry, I hope you wore steel-toed boots today. Actually, I hope you didn't. <laughs> Set your affections also means to be mentally disposed in a certain direction. And that certain direction happens to be things above. How many of you are into what Christ has done for you? How many of us are into what God's word says about us? We allow one little pipsqueak kid to say something negative about us and we get totally shattered when our creator, the Lord of the universe, the one who is eternal and knows his thoughts from eternity about us and how our future is going to... How many of us allow the one pipsqueak little voice to override the most powerful voice in the universe? And you know what? Sometimes I do. <laughs> Not for long. Not for long. But sometimes... Here, do you know the word... Set your affection is one word in the Greek. The, the part that incorporates the, words, the, the word set. Okay, so it's like a compound word in the Greek. Kind of like our compound words. The, the compound part that is the word set. Set. This is what it means. It comes from the phrase to fence in. To rein in or to curb. We don't like that. We don't want to curb 
<laughs> Here. Rein in your mind. We like the word, I'll set your affection. That sounds easier to swallow. How about curb your affections? Rein in your affections. Fence in your affections. Control your thought process. to challenge ourselves we gotta we, we li literally when a bout of negativity wants to bombard you a bunch of lies want to bombard you you purposely you need to intentionally grab your thoughts and say um, I'm putting blinders on we got to put the blinders on. Say, I cannot listen to that outside noise. This is what God said. This is God's promise. This is God's word. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have been redeemed. Old things have passed away. That's not me anymore. And when that thought wants, maybe you were, Addicted to something. And that thought of addiction wants to come up. He said, that's not me anymore. You have to rein in. Rein in. Rein in your thoughts and refocus them to the things above. Not on the things of this earth. We need. We need. We need. We need to put the blinders on. And say, no, I cannot. Listen. Because as I listen, it affects my thinking. As it affects my thinking, that's the direction I go. What consumes your thoughts? That brings me in closing. Oh, my in closing. Back to Proverbs 23. As a man thinks... In his heart. So is he. The word think. You know, you, you got to start looking at some of these Hebrew words. Because it just paints a whole picture. This, the word think means to cleave. Which isn't meaning hang on. It's the, you know, the, the cleaver. And you cleave something and you split it open. The word think means to cleave or to, to divide. It means to dissect. You know, something wrong can happen to us and it consumes our thinking. And we dissect it. A crisis comes up and we dissect it all night long. We think about it. For days on end, we think about it. And as we dissect, we become. As we think, 
as we dissect, we become. Are you dissecting the promises of God in your life? Are what, what is more powerful in your thought process? The words of negativity. The words of the bully. The words of the liar. The words of the sarcastic kid. Are they more powerful... And do you dissect them? Do you think on them and meditate on them more than you meditate on God's word? God's passion? God's dream? God's promises? And, and forget about dreams. Forget about passion. And, and forget about a prophetic word over you. How about simply what the word of God says about you? Read Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians, and absorb from there what Christ has done for you, who Christ is in you, and what you can do through Christ who strengthens you. Meditate on that. Allow that to be what overwhelms and consumes you. Allow that to be what governs you in the approval process of which direction to go, which action to take, which place I should hang out with, which friends I should allow into my life. Allow what God's word says to govern your approval process about what accesses your mind. I have one more scripture verse. And it's a chapter you guys should all read. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Talks about, you know, the glory that was upon Moses when he got the, the, the tablets of stone. And he comes down to the children of Israel that Paul is talking about the glory that was upon him. To the point where they had to put a veil over his face. And he says, nothing that just cannot compare to the spirit. Because the law kills, the spirit brings life. That's chapter 3. So... <laughs> I'd, you got to read. Uh, you know what? I'm going to read it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because it's in here. It's Second uh, Corinthians three. Verse twelve. We'll start in verse twelve. Seeing then that we have such a hope. What is the hope, the glory of the, of the Spirit? We use plainness of speech. 
and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Hmm. But their minds were blind. Their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. In Christ, the veil that blinds people is put away. But even unto this day, Paul says, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, I want to point out two things. Nevertheless, when the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I, I want to mention one thing about that. When is the veil taken away? When you turn. Too many of us have the conception, this idea. Lord, take away the veil so they can see you. <laughs> they already have heard and know about. The veil is taken away when we turn. Some of us, well, if the Lord doesn't want me to do this, he'll stop me. The veil of misunderstanding, of darkness, of blindness is, is taken away when you turn. Anyways, that's just the thing. Now the Lord is that spirit, verse 17. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now listen, the final verse 18. But when we all, with unveiled face, okay, we've turned to the Lord, okay, because the veil is gone. That means we've turned to the Lord. When now we are looking at the Lord, the veil is gone, and now we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. I want you to follow this. We have now set our minds and our affections on the Lord. And as we do that, he takes the veil away. And then we are transformed. We are changed into that image that is mirroring back at us as you set your mind as you set your affections your attention on the Lord you are literally looking in a mirror at him as his reflection Beams back at you. He transforms you. And he changes you. You become what you're looking at. You become what you are looking at. I once went to a, a seminar on pornography. You know what people that are addicted to pornography become? They become rape, rapists, child molesters, pedophiles. That's what they become. Why? Because that's what they're looking at. 
If you're into the party scene, you know what you're going to become? What you're looking at. But if you set your mind on God's word, God's promises, what Christ has done, who Christ is, as you set your mind on that, that's what you will become. Do not get intimate with something that can eventually rule and take over your life. Do not become intimate and have fellowship with something that can take over your life. Shut those voices out. Shut those images out. In some cases, shut those friendships off. Delete certain places from your GPS. Say, I'm not going there. Rain it in. Rain it in. Rain your thoughts in. Rain your affections in. Hmm. This is what, as a man thinks in his heart, your imagination is your heart. Your will, your desires, your emotions, your affections, your memories, your conscience. That's the Hebrew. That's the Hebrew. When the Israelites heard, set, uh, as a man thinks in his heart, it's his complete inner being. His affections, his desires, his lusts, his passions, his memories. Reign them in. And set your affections on things above. Where Christ sits. And where you sit with Christ. And where you are continuously being changed. Into that image that you're beholding. As you are continuously being changed. By the Holy Spirit into the image. Of the Son. And as you do that, you will be able to prove and approve and know without a shadow of a doubt what the will of God is in your life, for your life, and the direction you need to take. Amen? Let's stand and we'll close. Maybe you are the one that needs to be careful who you're dining with. Be careful of what you allow to be intimate in your life. Be careful of what you allow to fellowship with your life, with you. Maybe there's just stuff in your past that just keeps, just seems to overtake you. Just when you seem to get going again, all this stuff from your past, stuff that was done to you, stuff that was done in your home, stuff that was said over you as a child, it just comes and it overtakes you. And clouds your mind, clouds your judgment, and literally knocks you off the direction that God has for your life. Maybe that's you this morning. 
Maybe you're just looking at the wrong stuff, talking to the wrong people, listening to the wrong people in your life. This morning, God says, set your mind, set your affections on the things of heaven. Set your mind on me. Set your mind on my promises. Set your mind on the purpose. Set your mind on the blessing that I spoke over Adam way back in Eden. To be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue and have dominion. Maybe you've just allowed the cares of life to just overwhelm overburden, weigh you down. This morning, God wants to set you free. And not only set you free, but build into you the capacity to say no, to resist, to cast down every thought and every imagination that wants to exalt itself against God himself and his word, and his calling, and his purpose. If you just fall in any of those categories this morning, this morning the key, even though you're already a Christian, is to repent. Repent. Say, God... I don't know where those thoughts came from, but I'm just allowing myself to be led astray by them. I repent of that thought process. I repent of that activity. I repent of that relationship. Allow repentance to work in your heart this morning. Heavenly Father, this morning... We, we just stand in the presence of Almighty God. And oh God, as you, as you just highlight things to us this morning, as you are just revealing things to us this morning, as you're showing, as you're pulling back the covers, as you're, as you're revealing things in our lives, we repent we repent we repent for allowing those things to control us allowing those things to affect us to a degree that it, they shouldn't allowing those things to hold us back when in fact, Lord, you have broken every chain. And not only have you broken every chain, Lord, you have put within us the power to resist. You have given us the authorization, the power and the authority to resist. Lord, help us to exercise our minds towards godly things. Help us to exercise our minds in your word. 
in your promises, in our identity. Help us uh, to exercise our minds towards you to the point where we seek those things which are above. And we can know those things are above because we, we sit with you in heavenly places. We sit with you in heavenly places. We are seated in Christ. And you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. And we can know them. And we can think about them. And we can apprehend them. We can grab a hold of them for ourselves. Help us to grab a hold of them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen.